0: and welcome back into the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, which is coordinated by the one and only Baby Capone, Adam Delavit, my former executive producer, executively producing the show today as always, Sudden Sam Michaels, Alex Pastor, Troy Mocker, uh, Randy Merkin. We got a cast of thousands working on this little ditty, and I hope I make it a fun one today. Because this past week, I missed this chance to comb the NFL for the stories that intrigued me the most. And I was happy to jump into a postgame mode for Bett Rivers, as requested. The Bears, with their loss to Denver last Sunday, and then the exciting Thursday night explosion, 40 to 20 winners, in case you have forgotten the total, uh, over the Washington Commanders. Postgame is fun. It's immediate. It got a pretty good reaction from you listeners. Thank you for consuming it and those of you who shared the news. If you've spread the gospel of the Danny Mac podcast, I can't thank you enough for doing so. If you're a Bears fan and you trust their ability to keep rolling offensively, you may want to jump in today where at Bet Rivers, The Chicago Bears are three-point underdogs at home to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, why would I suggest you jump on that today? If we get news in the next couple of days, the Vikings are going to be without Justin Jefferson, their all-world wide receiver. That swings the game hugely. So, with the Bears getting a three-pack today... I have to think that's a good move for investors. They get a little bit of extra time to heal up. The Vikings reeling after another loss Sunday, 27-20, the final against the Chiefs. That's the first game I want to talk about in just a second. But Bears and Vikings, as the Bears play only their second divisional game of the year, I don't have to remind you opening day, they looked like crap against Green Bay and started the year awful uh, this Vikings team, my pick to win the NFC North has been a huge disappointment. They're too good to be in a one and four football team. And they battled against the Chiefs Sunday, but there are no rewards for battling. Patrick Mahomes had a nice day. He completed 31 of 41 passes for 281 yards. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a decent day. He wasn't intercepted, but the Vikings didn't do as well as they needed to on third down. They converted only 42% of their third down conversions, and usually when you don't protect, that's problematic. Minnesota got to Mahomes only a couple of times. Casey got to uh, Kirk Cousins several times. So the Chiefs now 4-1 and one come out of there with a win, and the Vikings uh, continue to battle Chicago to see which one doesn't finish 4th. In the NFC North, the Detroit Lions clearly are the class of the division, and I watched the Lions start to finish on Sunday. I am impressed with them defensively as much as I am offensively, and I want to talk about their running game most specifically. Jared Goff gets all the attention, and he should, because he has resurrected his career, his second act, Vandy, in, uh, in Detroit it has been a damn good one. But what Detroit has done defensively to me is really impressive. And I'm not so much talking about, you know, beating Bryce Young, a first-year quarterback, and shutting down a pretty impotent Carolina running game. Uh, But the Panthers are 0-5 for a reason, and it's not only Frank Reich. They are willing to take their lumps this year with a first-year quarterback. David Montgomery, another huge day for the Motor City Kitties. He carried 19 times for 109 yards, and a touchdown. Check this out. The Lions have not had a running back, author, back-to-back weeks of 100 rushing yards and a touchdown since 0-4. Kevin Jones was the last Lion to get 101 in back-to-back weeks. David Montgomery accomplishes that Sunday, and the Panthers keep right on beat for Bears fans. They're 0-5. So the Bears looking very much forward to getting that Panthers pick. With Frank Reich running the show, man, I got all the faith in the world in, uh, in the Panthers to do that. Detroit with a couple of takeaways yesterday. Aiden Hutchinson, the athletic, the athletic move on that pick where he stepped in front of the running back. Really good stuff from Detroit yesterday. The score was not as close as the 18-point differential would lead you to believe. Let's go to the Sunday nighter. San Francisco is deserving all of the accolades it is receiving right now. The 49ers roll, and if you're thinking, boy, this inexperienced quarterback I'd never heard of until the middle of last year, this here Brock Purdy, he's got everything a young quarterback could want. He has a running game. He has a great defense, and San Francisco plays well on the special teams. All of that's true. He also has a head coach who has learned along the way. Kyle Shanahan committing to the running game when it really wasn't going last night for the Dallas Cowboys. But I'm tired of the qualifiers on Purdy. I think he's played damn well. He throws the ball where he needs to. He knows how to throw the ball out of bounds when he's being pressured. And uh, he understands the rules. I thought there was going to be an intentional grounding called on Purdy last night, but he had just slid outside of the tackle box. Did you ever have a tackle box? I've had several. Uh, Just to the left, just stepped over the the left edge of the hip of his left tackle, Trent Williams. That is not an intentional grounding penalty. And while McCaffrey had a tough night on the ground, averaging only 2.6 yards per carry, to Shanahan's credit, he stayed with it. He gave him the ball 19 times. Debo Samuel also had a half a dozen or so carries in that game. I am really impressed with what the 49ers do. Not only their diversity offensively with a good passing game and a good running game, defensively, they are stud buckets in in motion, aren't they? They have players, and it's not J- Nick Bosa. Uh, Fred Warner is a great player. Dre Greenlaw is a great player. is, in their secondary has earned a reputation. They took it away last night from the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, yes, the media loved it. Keep chirping, and we'll keep rooting against you. See, this Cowboys team has earned a little bit of a bad taste in the mouths of football fans. They've earned it because they chirped after two weeks about how nobody gives their defense enough credit for being the best in the NFL. Well, you got to do it regularly to do that. Just a blitzing of the Giants opening night isn't significant enough. Uh, They were outplayed last night, and San Francisco's defense was much better than the Cowboys' defense was. And uh, I am really impressed with the 49ers running the ball for 170 yards it was a terrific, convincing 42-10 win. And those of us who had faith in George Kittle, hey, we finally get the dividend, right? Been, been waiting since, since early in the season for the Iowa Hawkeye to finally taste the sweet nectar of the end zone, and he does it three times in the game, 42-10 San Francisco cruises. I want to remind you, you can get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. You can earn up to $10,000 in bonus money, bet 10 bucks in same game parlays with the squares icon to earn a square. This is going to surprise you. If you've been with me over the years, you probably are aware of the fact I have a very low tolerance for this conversation. Jerry Rice is the best player who ever played pro football. I cannot give that distinction to a wide receiver. Always have been a little bit iffy on wide receivers. They tend to be very selfish. Churlish behavior seems to be something that goes with that vocation. But it's time to start talking about Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins as a bona fide MVP candidate. Let me go over some of what Hill has done this season, in case you missed it, as the Dolphins Easy Winners over over the New York Giants yesterday. The Giants nightmares continue 1 and 4 on the season. They can't get going. Miami for 41 to 16 winners. Tyreek Hill caught 8 balls for 181 yards and a touchdown. There are guys in the league who have caught a few more balls than Hill has, but nobody has four 40 plus yard receptions, his six touchdowns receiving the best in the NFL, he changes games early and almost every week, with the exception of their hiccup last week, they have been they've been a joy to watch en route to their four and one record because it's not just Hill and Jalen Waddle whose numbers pale in comparison to the speedster. but you combine the the quickness they have at that position with their running backs. My God, that team is four of the fastest five guys in the NFL or Miami Dolphins. Devon A-Chain, if you want to call him that, uh, averaged 13 yards per carry yesterday. And Raheem Mostert also contributed 10 carries for 65 yards. They are diversified. They are good enough defensively. To go deep into the playoffs, I love Tyreek Hill. Cooper Cup finished third two years ago in MVP voting, but with the Offensive Player of the Year award being something the NFL spawned a few years back to throw receivers and running backs a bone because it wants the quarterbacks to win MVPs. Those are the faces of the league. How in the world could we have a Cooper Cup or a J.J. in Minnesota if they were winning? Or Tyreek Hill as MVP candidates, he changes games. He has been, in essence, the most valuable player in the league. Are the Cincinnati Bengals back? No, no, they're not back. They're not dead. That's the best. That's the best I can give you after the Bengals finally got well offensively in a thirty-four to twenty win. Over the Arizona Cardinals, Joe Burrow's numbers were very good, as they usually are when Cincinnati wins. This is his best game of the year. Uh, 36 out of 46, passing 317 yards, three touchdown passes, only one interception. Jamar Chase with the record-setting day, 15 catches, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. Man, there were some awesome performances by wideouts this week. And it started in Chicago Thursday, or actually in Landover, Maryland, on Thursday night when DJ Moore set the pace for week five with 232 and three. Chase with 192 and three yesterday. I mentioned Tyreek Hill's numbers. There are some really good players at the position. Not all of them will get mentioned today because there are some pedestrian teams in this NFL. I don't intend to talk too long about, but I'm not ready to say the Bengals are back. They're, they're probably the best team in in a weak division. And I don't know who wins the AFC North Cincinnati now two and three, but I know I like at least four other teams to pop them in the playoffs, the way these teams have played in the first five weeks of the season. The Steelers in one of the ugliest games that will be played this year Beat the Ravens 17-10, to and there were only five penalties called in the game, but neither offense had any potency whatsoever. The combination of Kenny Pickett, the second-year quarterback, out of Pitt to George Pickens was enough. Pickens, another one of those guys who had a nice day at the receiver position. Six catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. T.J. Watt only gets a couple of tackles a game. But they're always tuffles. They're always tackles for loss. He had a couple sacks yesterday. The Steelers blocked a punt that went through the end zone for the get him up Thank you very much, Miles Killebrew. Your table is ready. Love to see the praying hands above the head. The crowd at sure Stadium, the building formerly known as Heinz Field, was rocking as the Steelers get back in the win column. But uh, more about the Ravens. Good luck winning a a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback. And the Ravens are committed to him for three years. Lamar Jackson doesn't have help. His running backs are always hurt. Gus Edwards was available yesterday, but they didn't get much going in the run game. Neither did the Steelers. The Steelers have been very pedestrian. Pedestrian running the football. I think I've hit my quota on pedestrian for the day. Although maybe I've used it a couple of times in off-air conversations because I do enjoy talking about the greatest game ever invented with friends of mine who also love the game. Philadelphia beat the Rams yesterday. Cooper uh, Cup returned for Los Angeles, but the Eagles go on the road and post a workmanlike one-touchdown victory, a nice combination of Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown who also is having a fantastic season for the Eagles. Clearly now the class of the NFC East. The media again, Dak, getting what it wants as Philadelphia continues to roll and their defense continues to impress. Cooper Cup has a nice game in his return, but uh, not nearly enough. I don't have a whole heck of a lot to say about the Saints' easy win over the Patriots, 34 to nothing. but I'm wondering when the time arrives for national media, if they haven't already, and I have not heard this. I've heard it locally only. But it's time for national media to start speculating on the future of the greatest coach who's ever walked an NFL sideline, and that's hoodie man Bill Belichick. At what point do you say it's not working? At what point do you say, hey, thanks for all the rings, but look, we're going nowhere here, and you're not developing Mac Jones. They're terrible at that position. They're a terrible football team, both sides of the ball. Patriots get pasted by the Saints, and the Saints have not impressed me. I know some of you like them. I'm not among you. Um, that's all I have to say about that, Forrest Gump. Jacksonville in the London game yesterday got healthy against a Buffalo team that just wasn't itself offensively on Sunday morning. Jaguars 25 and the Bills 20. I have all the confidence in the world the Bills will be a threat in the playoffs despite their penchant for spitting the bit on occasion. That's not the first time they have stumbled This season, Indiana or Indiana, Indianapolis over Tennessee, 23 to 16. I really don't have much to say about that game. Gardner Minshew. Congratulations. They win when Minshew comes in off the bench or starts. The Colts have two victories this year. They're garden Minshew victories. The New York Jets went on the road to a very difficult city, Denver, and beat the Broncos 31-21. to 21. Is that a statement about the Jets making progress offensively? You can call it that if you want to, but, man, is Denver a shit fest. This Broncos team is in complete disarray. It's only win of the year. Hanging on against the Bears, I should say coming from the dead, to beat the Bears, the uh, Jonathan Cooper fumble and touchdown uh, that paved the way for heroics last Sunday at Soldier Field, but uh, not the case yesterday. The Jets 31 and the Broncos 21 Monday night football. Give me the Raiders on Monday night. That's a point and a half right now. It's been two. It's wiggled a little bit this morning, so obviously those of you who are chasing, are moving the number. I just don't like Jordan Love playing on this big stage. The Raiders have not been impressive, and I, I don't know what their future is at the quarterback position. Is it Aiden O'Connell, the kid from North Suburban Chicago by way of Purdue? Or does Jimmy G come back and and salvage his career? Josh Jacobs really the only threat they've had that's been consistent, and they've not been real good defensively at times either. But Jordan Love has really struggled his last two games. They were fortunate to rally to beat the Saints in week three at Lambeau Field. You might recall they spotted New Orleans a 17 to nothing lead. And then Derek Carr got hurt, entered Jameis Winston, and life was breathed back into the Green Bay sideline, and they come back and win that game 18-17. to 17. I just don't like their inability to knock people off the ball. Their running game has been impotent. I, I thought the combination of Jones and Dillon were going to be substantial this year. So far, it looks like I've been wrong. Uh, I'm wrong. Uh, the Packers have been really, really bad running the football. And of course, when you spot a team, a 17 to nothing lead, it's hard to stay committed to the running game. But you look at the tandems of running backs in the NFL this year, I thought the jets were going to be headed toward greatness and maybe they'll get it together. I thought cook (laughs) in combination with the, uh, medically reconstructed Brees Hall were going to set the world on fire. Now, when I said that, it also was when Aaron Rodgers was healthy. So give me a little bit of a break. If you don't mind, I would appreciate your break on that one. But they've been anything but special. Nonetheless, the Jets were winners yesterday. But those cats in Miami, A-Chain and Mostert, they've been the guys. Uh, They have been damn fun to watch. That Miami outfit is is an entertaining team. But I'm taking the Raiders tonight, laying a point and a half. I was not very active Sunday, hence money in the pocket for Monday. The game I liked the most, San Francisco. Called that on my terrestrial show this past Friday. I also had a couple of totals that didn't come in, including the thrilling Atlanta game. My goodness, if I don't if I don't have to watch another Falcons game this year, I'll be just fine with this. Lastly, the Blackhawks open the regular season Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. It sucks we have to wait as long as we do to see the Hawks skate on uh, United Center ice. Their first four games are on the road, but there is excitement over the Connor Bedard era commencing as there should be. It's Pittsburgh tomorrow night, and then it's on to Boston, and the Hawks have a stop in Montreal and one other city in the Eastern time zone before they finally come back to lift the lid on the home schedule after four road dates. But I am hopeful there will be words devoted to the Blackhawks this season that are not just about the rookie number one pick. Wouldn't it be something if the Hawks had enough firepower to be? a solid playoff team, not a bubble team, where you're looking at the schedule in early March. Can, can we get two here? Can we get two points there? But but solidify themselves. I don't expect it, but it would be nice. I didn't expect the Cubs to stay involved as deep as they did into the season, but uh, that's, that's a story for another day as offseason baseball news spills in. But good luck to the Hawks and Hawks fans who are looking forward to the season as I am. You might notice if you watch on YouTube, I have hockey uh, paraphernalia in my office at home. I've got the pucks, one from each of the three cup winners under Joel Quenville. Those are proudly uh, displayed behind me, just behind the uh, the right side of my head as you're looking at this, I believe. Uh, I'm flipped around here, so I can't tell left from right. I'm like that guy the Bears drafted from Washington, Bob Sapp, a few years ago. Uh, Washington coaches sold the Bears. that this is a really bright guy, and he didn't have a driver's license when he got to the Bears. I think they picked him in the third round, and yeah, it's the same Bob Sapp who wrestled professionally, if you remember. Did it very successfully as well. He's a frightening-looking human being, but the reason he couldn't get a driver's license when he was in Seattle, you wash was because he didn't know right from left. He could not train himself to learn right from left. They had to put L on his left shoe and R on his right shoe to get him to know which way to step. That's not good. And I just did the same thing. So who am I crapping? Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back Thursday, if not sooner with lots on the Hawks as they get ready to start the season and, of course, plenty on the National Football League. Thanking Adam Delavitt, Sam Michael, Randy Merkin, Troy Mocker, and Alex Pastor for their help on the podcast. My name is Dan McNeil. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.